Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongakuru, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's news in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of December 10th, 2021. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Hello, everyone. Genki. Oh, Genki's indeed, and... Somehow, some way, we'll we'll lose each one of us within the last three weeks because I wasn't on last week. Gray isn't on this week, and we'll lose you next week. I know, I know, it's sad. All three of us aren't really together for the end of the year, almost. What have you been listening to? Hopefully, you weren't gripping by the side by something too too ominous when you're listening, waiting for the storm to pass. No, no, I was actually. <laughs> I had that 70s show holiday episodes on. (laughs) Kyo would love you. (laughs) I'm sure he would. You know, just bring that cheer. But this week for music has been interesting because I've done a mixture. With the year and beginning to end and a new year beginning, I have started to go back throughout the year and listen to a lot of albums or releases from 2021. I went back into Lisa's, La- Lisa's Ladybug, which was a solid mini album. I think my favorite track off there was probably Another Great Day. And I'm glad I, I was revisiting that again. I went back and listened to Mayan's Moment Book EP she released earlier. Also finally got around to listening to uh, Ryoko Shoku Shakai's uh, Litmus EP, which is fantastic. I actually forgot Miss Uja had released an album. I knew about all the singles she released, but I finally checked out her album Present, which is very solid. And there is a holiday song on there, which was very nice. I was surprised to see that. And in turn, I also went back to my holiday music since we had that discussion last week. I dived way more in i finally listened to mishia's so special christmas album that came out last year which is really good it's solid went back to bonnie pink's chain went back to my usual boa holiday songs went uh to fukuhara mio's love winter song ep also listened to miyu has a song called very merry xmas so I went down along those lines. I listened to I did listen to Mayjay's Christmas songs album last night. So there you go. And I actually like her renditions and how she did her Christmas covers. I thought it was pretty good. Also been listening to He Die Die because of his Starbucks Me and You. I mean, couldn't deny that. I, I love me some Hit I Die and especially the holidays. I mean, also they they're playing it internationally too. So yeah, and it's good. You might actually hear it. You might actually hear it and not even know it's him. That's very true. Um, I like it. It's, I mean, it's a catchy, uh, it's a catchy track, and I do like me my Starbucks. I went and I found a new artist actually, who I started following her on Instagram. Her name's Grace Imy, and she released an album called If in November, and it's pretty good. I really like her song Karaoke Queen, Ohio. Most of her tracks are in English, so for those of you who want to check someone out who does a lot of more English-based tracks. Grace Imy is pretty pretty solid. She's more of like EDM dance. But I'm I'm enjoying her music so far. It's pretty int- it's pretty good. Uh I also went down the Nishino Kana streak again. 
So I started watching her Blu-rays. I wanted to feel that reminiscence. Then I started singing along to her songs and I started crying because I realized how much I really miss her older music and it made me very sad. (laughs) Hmm. So I went way down that loophole there. But it's been a pretty random week. Ken, what about you? What have you been listening to this week? Uh, Yeah, so for me, like I had a bunch of variety variety songs that i've been listening to as of late let's see here well first i've been listening to wind thumbs latest single hey girl then i was listening to cider girls latest album soda pop fangirl 4 along with letters by emerald once Upon a Revival by Warts. I was also listening to Here I Die, but I wasn't listening to his Starbucks song. I was listening to his other single, King and Queen, along with Straightener's Crank Up EP. And I've been listening to Ditsy Sunfist with their latest album, Ditsy Land to Infinity and Beyond, because of uh, Kyo's in th- in, like everlasting thirst for email music i've been just like i'm just gonna listen to pop punk (laughs) but besides that nothing too out of the normal here obviously music corner and uh the Oricon, but we'll get we'll get to that in just a little bit so with that let's continue on to this week's topic here and this week since it is nearing the end of the year and unfortunately we really wanted to do this with everyone here but let's talk about our albums of the year and let's start with you luna what is your album of the year so this was a very very difficult choice i think 2021 was a fabulous year for music and I actually been going back through all the albums released in 2020, although there are certain ones that made a big impact on me. And one of the ones that did, it actually came out in October of 2021. And it, I would say this one made the biggest impact because I have been continually listening to it due to several songs on the album. And it is Milia uh, Katomiria's Who Loves Me album. And... I had pre-ordered this. It almost fell under my radar as I do follow her pretty religiously, but occasionally there there wasn't really any promotion for Who Loves Me. And I was familiar with a lot of the singles on it, like Kono Yume Samaru Made featuring the Yoshida Brothers and a couple of the B-sides like Wang. So I was very excited to listen to it. The packaging is beautiful. But the one song that really hit me was Joyride off this album. And Joyride just is absolutely beautiful. And that's not only sold me in the album, but there are so many other tracks on Who Loves Me that hit me emotionally and made that impact. I mean, you got Devil's Kiss, Colors, Never Let Go... And I think Milia did a solid job in general putting together Who Loves Me. 
And there aren't as many tracks on there as her previous albums. There's only 12 tracks and many of them, a good chunk, have already been previously released. However, just the way the album flows and the emotion and vibes put into it really did hit me. And I think that's one of the reasons I just, I think this ha- this is my album of 2021. And going back and listening to other albums that I was more hyped for for anything, like Chanmina's Hadenchi, which is fabulous, but it didn't hit me emotionally or hit hit this special spot that Milia's Who Loves Me did. And even with Thelma, Thelma's Scorpion Moon, which is one I was very, very, very excited about. And yes, it hit me, and certain songs hit me emotionally, but Who Loves Me is what really got me. And... I think every track was fabulous and just the way it's put together from R&B fusion. There's some pop on there. I mean, there's solid ballads and you cannot deny the brilliance of Kono Yume Made, Samaru Made. I mean, just listening to it, but I, it's, it's by far definitely my favorite of 2021, and I'm going to be listening to this even into 2022. So, Ken, I'm curious to hear what you, uh, what your album of 2021 is. So for me, it would have to be Tendra's Imagine album. There wouldn't have been, you know, like there was a lot of good albums releases this past year, but. For me, nothing really held a a candle to imagine. And it was... It was a pretty big release. Because Tendra got signed to a major label this past year in 2021. And one of the biggest fears that I had with him being signed to a major label was that... He would have to change his style. Because his style isn't really to the mainstream. You know, fusion and... And Neo Soul isn't really a popular item, so I had figured that he would be a not produce or not making much music, and b producing, and c would have to be changing his style. But Imagine is a really solid culmination of his first big step as a major as a major label artist. You know, you got songs like Paradise. You got songs like Imagine, which is the main song here, but you also got really great slow songs like Flower, which is probably one of the runners of my song of the year. You also got one of the other first collab songs that he did with he did with Syrup, who is also part of Universal. So that was just so happenstance to be a, a, a really good timing and collaboration. But... Overall, I found myself just going back to Imagine almost every day or daily and almost have to be on a weekly listen through once once throughout. It's just a really solid work and I am really, really excited to see what the future has in store with Tendre. And I don't really need to worry about his next coming works for his major label releases if you know Universal is gonna let him be what is be what it be kind of be see 
So, and if you guys are wondering, Gray did tell us his album of the year as well, and I, I figured I shall just announce it here. And it was entered by Akira Takano, and you know it. I'm not really surprised. Akira Takano has been a very big impression of him throughout the year. I'm surprised it isn't one of uh, Seven Orders albums, but you know. As a solo vocalist, Akira Takano has been a really great impression on him, and I could see this. It probably was a tie-up between that and Seven Orders' latest album as well. Yeah, I also wasn't surprised. Actually, for either of your choices, I had a feeling you were going to go with Tendry's Imaginary, because I do recall the impact it made on you, and I know you've, you've been enjoying all his music for a long time and I know it's made a personal impact on you and for Grace Choice and Takeda, uh, Akira Takano yeah that, that was kind of a given because he's been raving about him for the la- since he heard that album and I know he's been non-stop listening to it I had a feeling it was going to be that yeah no 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 it's very interesting that it would happen like if you were to ask me like probably in october it probably would have been syrup's album because that was also runner up yeah but no i can see that i think for me it might have it, it before who loves me came out it might have been imer's walpurgis album because that was one of my runners up as well it was between walpurgis Hadenshi and Scorpion Moon were kind of runners up, but when I started ruling things out, it just I I listened to Walpurgis a lot when it came out in April, and but going back, looking at what made the more impact on me, it was hard. Man, this was a hard year to pick. You know, there there were some very solid ones. But yeah, with that, let's go on to this week's music corner here. And this week, I have the lovely opportunity to introduce an artist of my choosing. And that would be the lovely Padumi. Now, she is a vocalist who made her debut back in 2013 and is of half Japanese and Filipino descent. And she looks to break out in the industry by becoming an artist who sings from the bottom of her heart. And just from one lesson, you can tell that she has that so-called it factor to stand out vocally from the rest. And kind of like our former Musical Corner alum, Beverly, Harumi has originally started her career with a language barrier, a Japanese language barrier to be precise, but she soon grew into an artist that you know, has that soul feeling with her vocalist, and a lot of that had to be her background in in choir and stuff like that, and you know, she made her place in the industry so to speak by taking place in X Factor Okinawa back in 2013, and as well as in 2018 being part of the UK edition of X Factor as well, where she just made a huge splash in the industry she was part of in x factor okinawa she made it to the finals for the groups i think she was the final two groups and 
for the UK edition, she, I think she got to at least the fourth round. I'm not too sure, but she she was there for quite a long time, and she made quite an impression to Simon Cowell. And to do that is no small feat, to say the least. So, you know, just by hearing her once, you can kind of tell she's a step above the rest with her powerful vocal range. And with songs like Koei and Pride, those are just a small, very small sample of her vocal prowess. And while several tracks might have a very simplistic composition, it really puts her vocal power and range to the front stage, so to speak. She also has power ballad styles of compositions like Believe in Myself and Hearts Don't Lie that also bring out the best in her, but you can't help but get drawn into those tracks more and more she also shows she's no one trick pony as you know her collaborate collaboration track radio with also musical alum root alpha shows that she can kind of handle any type of composition that that comes her way with ease so i gotta ask what did you think of how to me i figured that you would have really liked her because uh she's an artist that is in your style or wheelhouse to speak. I loved Harumi and I am very glad you picked her. I I think at some point I would have eventually found her. However, I I am so glad and you said everything to the point because she has amazing vocals. And when I heard her, she reminded me if you took Riri and you took Mishia and you combine them that, that's what her she reminded me of because she has the soulful, powerful voice like Mishia, but she also has that that feel that Riri gives in some of her music too. And and that's why I loved Harumi. She just has that perfect blend of vocals and she knows how to use them and match them very well with the with her style. And I mean her whole Pride EP is phenomenal. I mean, I loved every single track off that i will say hearts don't lie and pride were probably my two favorites off of it but that whole ep was solid i also thought her clarity album was very very good rainbow don't break my heart i mean it was i i think she's phenomenal her vocal skills like her usage of her power ballads you feel the emotion and just just her feelings behind her vocals and that's one of the things i love about her but i i mean yeah i know i'm 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 really happy that you would like her honestly i was really scared that gray wouldn't like her but apparently he kind of liked her as well yeah yeah i believe he liked he actually liked some of her songs he really liked koei i remember so i mean yeah no no so I, I I guess I I picked well, so to speak. <laughs> you picked very well because she uh, she's gonna be one I will be looking forward to all her releases because she's going through her the discography she has. Everything is just phenomenal, and I'm looking forward to see what she'll do in the future because she has so much talent, and I, I'm just you know. I'm hoping one day she'll, even if she doesn't make it on the charts, I still know she's going to be an artist I'll be following. Yeah, that's the thing. I think one of his uh, greatest gripes is that she had too small of a discography. But yeah, no, I can kind of understand that. Her her current label, 
with her current label. She's only have a good handful of songs, so... And, and she's just starting out, and that's fine. And I don't think she had too small of a discography, to be honest. She actually has more than most. If you look at all the EPs she has combined, she still has a good, a decent discography. I mean, it's not like like some artists, you know, who just come out and release like two full albums, but she still has a, I mean, a solid, I want to say about 30 songs. And I still think that's pretty good. Yeah, it's a good round number, so to speak, but regardless, Harumi currently has several singles all the way back from 2018 till her latest single, Koi, back in November of this year, 2020, or 2021. Uh, She also has released two EPs, one in 2019 and one in 2020, and one album titled Clarity back in 2019. Be sure to check her out on her official website, Twitter, and Instagram via our site, and along with the music video for Koi as well. But yeah, I'm I'm really glad that. Well, I guess you liked her, <laughs> and I'm I'm looking forward to see what's the future has in store for Harumi. To be honest. Yes, I am as well. Thank you so much for introducing her and picking Harumi. I am looking forward to following her career as well. Yes, that's for darn sure. But with that, let's continue on to the Oricon here. And I, I honestly don't know how to feel about this. It was it was uh, all right week. It was an interesting week. Uh. I mean. I'm glad we got new stuff and new music, but not all of it's in my wheelhouse. Yeah, no, no. But with that, let's continue on to number 10. And it looks to be the final week for Ubu Dabu by Naniwa Danshi. So they had a really good one and an very amazing debut so you know they've been on the church for three weeks i think this is the last time i don't remember a debut having such a strong lingering stay on the charts as as they did i don't either and i'm glad i'm glad to see them on here one last time so and i'm sure they'll be back again with their next single that's for darn sure this week it sold a lovely twenty three thousand one hundred seventy seven points and going on up to beetlejuice by yuri not much of it we can say here. This week it sold a lovely 23,909 points here. And continuing on up to the Rampage from Exile Tribe with their release of the singles No Limit, Anate, Bow, and Arrows, and Step Up. So if you guys are paying attention, this is the Juniors or the Exile Tribes homages to Exile's anniversary that is coming up and what they decided to do is all all four of the junior groups decide to do covers of popular songs and obviously the Rampage had decided to kick it up with No Limit, Bows and Arrows and Step Up which are more energetic tracks by Exile overall but I was very surprised by their cover of Anata A because you know as much grief as I give Rampage, the Rampage, you know, they are a very dance-heavy group. 
Anata A is a very vocal heavy song. It's a ballad, to be honest, and I was very surprised of how they handled it. And for the most part, they did really build it well. I agree with that. I was pleasantly surprised with Anata A and like you said, kind of with the Rampage, they're a very dance heavy group and that's what I always expect. So but Anata A was the one that drew me in because I was happy to see them cover a ballad and they did such a good job of it. I'm like, they do have the vocals. I would love to see more them do more ballad heavy tracks in the future because they, they did such a magnificent job with Anata A. Yeah, that, that's for darn sure. Like I said, I've always wanted to see how the Rampage would want to challenge themselves with a different styles of compositions and... You know, this really proves that, you know, they can kind of handle it. However, I would love to see more of it. And, you know, I know that this isn't the group that I can ask them that because of the fact of what their mission statement is. But everything else just kind of fits well with the other groups. I Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Regardless... This week, they sold a lovely 25,112 points here. And going on up to number 7, it is Akehoshi and Shirogane by Lisa. Now, this was very interesting because I noticed that... Uh, what was it? Um, Demon Slayer. They changed their their intro. Um, when they got out of the Mugen Train arc version of the anime, apparently. It's a song by... I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting her name. It's an artist that we covered that you really like. Imer. Oh, Imer. <laughs> I do love Imer because I loved her Walpurgis album, which is phenomenal. So uh, Imer is uh, doing the opening theme song for, for this upcoming, or I guess current arc of the anime which is the entertainment district arc i, I have no idea I, I don't i don't i don't know yaiba all too much but yeah there's that so i i i thought it was weird so this was probably its last day in the sun so to speak because i don't know if it's going to sell well again after that because I, I you know we we both know how we feel about this song. It wasn't as everlasting, and it just feels as typical anime Lisa's release. But it is how it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. But regardless, Akiboshi and Shirogane, so they're lovely. 27,548 points. And going on up to number six, it's a it's a song that was revealed last week, but I wasn't on. It was um, uh, Kimi ni Muchu by Utara Hikaru. And see, so yeah, um, how was your guys' initial reaction to this? Because overall, I I liked it because I'm for for me, I'm used to Utara's new her new style and. You know, with the release of the album coming up, I'm pretty sure that this is going to be her last release in a while. Yes, and so my initial reaction is I loved it. I really, really liked it. I thought Kimi ni Muchu was great, and I hit the plus sign immediately, and I'm still listening to it. I think it's one of, you know, my favorite of her newer songs lately. 
and I, I'm looking forward to new, her new album, especially thanks to Kimini Muchu. Gray's initial thoughts, he didn't really care for it because he doesn't like her Utada's newer style. Her cur- yeah, her yeah, current she, style. He doesn't really like her, her current style, yes. so... And I, I mean, I think Utada pulls this off very well. I love the slower feel to it. It brings me back to her first album, to be honest, First Love, because it has that slower style, vocal heavy. Like I like this side of Utada, so I think Kimini Muchu is a great, a great choice of song. And I mean, I, I personally really like it. What's funny is because of the fact that she's been. She's been in England for the longest time, and the fact that she can't come back to the U.S. or to Japan for the most part, she's been kind of working with a lot of U.K. producers, and she's actually been—I I believe one of the producers for this this particular track is a really prevalent in the U.K. scene. Or for the British record scene, I got I gotta make sure I say that correctly now. <laughs> the British record label scene, I believe his name is A.G. Cooks, I believe. So he also did the the he was also the producer for One Last Kiss, and which would explain the similar style. That would that would I I honestly like Kimini Muchu a little more than One Last Kiss, but I also need to give One Last Kiss another listen to to be honest because it's been a while. What What's funny is you know when I hear Kimini Muchu, the the synthesizer part is really heavily prevalent in it, and it really sounds like Stranger Things or like the same beginning note of that if you've noticed that. I did, and maybe that's one of the reasons I like it, because it gives me that eerie feeling. And it kind of brings you back yeah. to that 80s feeling, too. And I like that. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, it's it's very interesting to, you know, compare styles between Utada and, you know, like, with her current style, which it's, it's honestly fine, you know. It's not going to be for everyone. But I also think that she's been so far away and so removed from the Japanese music industry that she ain't going to sound like anyone from Japan anymore. No, she won't. And I like that because it gives her a unique sound and also a one foot up. She's going to have something different than the other artist. And she's showing, and I feel like this new style is reminiscent of her life right now. And she's she's really putting her 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 life into her music. And I like that her music is reflecting that. It feels more personal. Yeah, and you know, as a person that is probably at you know not so much her, her last part of her career but you know of artists who started around the same time as her who's you know taking a little bit more further back in their careers i mean hey you got like people like boa who is probably her her biggest competitor on the korean side and she, she's been taking more of a producing role more than anything else if i remember correctly right Yes, yeah, 
I mean, Boa had one big studio album last year, but this year, her 20th anniversary, she's really taken it and been helping other artists like producing music and getting more involved in the back end than anything. Which is smart, which I think Boa should should be doing. Not not to discredit her as an artist, but I think that she needs to be able to help set up the next generation of K-pop, whatever that may be. Yes, and I, I feel like a lot of other artists like who came out about the same time as Utada and had their role in the industry about the same time as Utada have been doing about the same thing, going to that more producing level and helping the future artists. And I think that is a great thing to do. No, no, no. I, I completely agree. I mean, you look at like other artists like Otsuka Ai and things like that. Like She's completely took on a producing role, and I was actually quite surprised about that to be honest when i heard old sky was going to be doing that but no this it's a great move for utara to you know it actually proves a point to have that breakage of in-betweenness that she did have because i think if she did kept going i think she would have burned out a little bit sooner or took a little bit much more a different approach about her career a tad bit sooner yeah i think so too and I, I like the way I, I know we always get upset that she doesn't release a lot of music consistently, but I think it's good for her mental health and good for her as an artist, because whenever she does put out a release, she puts her all into it and it feels way more personal. And I love that about yeah. her. Yeah, that's for darn sure. But regardless, this week, Kimine Muchu sold a lovely 27000 592 points here and going on up to number five by bts this week it sold a lovely 34,450 points here and going on up to number four it is boy by king new now this is very interesting because you know king new doesn't really sell physical singles all too often but the fact that this was attached to i believe it was attached to an anime really had them pressured into doing a physical release for this and i know king new style isn't really for everyone and when i first heard boy i was like i don't know if luna and gray are gonna like this but what was your initial thoughts of boy when when you heard this so i thought it was i i like that it was different however it was not for me as soon as I heard it, I'm like, okay, I, I know that this is obviously a King New track. It's very unique. It has unique composition. The way they do their vocals, they know how to stand out. I don't uh, I don't believe Boy is for me, though. I, I do like some of King New's tracks. and But it's really hit or miss because they're one of those artists that either you like one of their... You like their songs or you don't. And it can be a mixture because of the variety of music they do and how they stand out track by track, I feel, for me, it's a song-by-song song basis. I just feel that Boy isn't for me. But I could see myself, if I was watching the anime that it's with and I listened to it in the opening more than once, then it probably would be a song that would grow on me and I'd, I'd grow to like it. Honestly, I equate them to how we initially thought of Gan Hoshino, where... 
when a song really fits with the style that they are trying to go for, it really fits. But when it misses or something doesn't line up to what we think is right for that, it ends up being really difficult to like that particular song. And I believe also Boy is that. As I knew going in that King News style isn't going to be for everyone. Hell, I even watched the music video or saw the music video and I didn't even know that need to know that boy was going to be a very unique song i mean if you just watched the music video you you would know it's very uh different in style and tone but you know this is a good step for them because they can try to experiment and that's what they need to do as an art as an artist and as a group they need to experiment a little bit more because they could always go back to hakujitsu style or if God forbid they just reenact that style all so much, kind of like how Official Hige was trying to do with Pretender, you know it 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 it's very f- comforting that you know King New isn't going to relax on one style, so to speak. And yes, yes. I, I can see that easily, and I like what you said, comparing them to Gen Hoshino and how their songs, or when they hit, they hit, they miss, they miss, because that is very true, because Hakujitsu hit, and I mean, that hit for me, but with Boy, I feel like Boy was a big miss for me. Yeah. Regardless, Boy sold a lovely 34,783 points here, and going on up... To number three, it is Iwahashi Genki with his debut track, My Lonely Xmas. And <laughs> what a what a debut to go on on, on a, a Christmas song here. And what what do we think of this? I'm personally I'm I don't mind holiday and theme songs, but I like it with a just a bit of subtlety. And unfortunately, my lonely X Men wasn't subtle at all about what type of song it was. No, it was not. It was very depressing. I yeah. I think Iwahashi Genki's vocals are very good, and but this isn't my type of holiday song. I I know what you mean because I love my holiday and Christmas. Well, I love my holiday music. Let's put it that way. I have gripes about some Christmas music because it had, I worked retail for a long time and it was shoved down my throat. So there's a lot of classics I don't like. And I also don't like some of the depressing ones. And this is one that I can easily be seen like being shoved down your throat. And it's just like a little overbearing for me, especially as like you said, it's not subtle. And I think that's for me. I mean, I, I think it's a great debut for Iwahashi Genki and I think his vocals are good. It's just not my type of holiday song, it, yeah. given the lyrics and, I, and the I, tone. I should I should very specify it's his re-debut because this this is the the member of King and Prince that had to drop out due to his his anxiety, and you know I'm I'm very happy to have him back. However, with my lonely XMS. I don't know if that was a great start for that. 
Yeah, and I could see maybe he's trying to hit that holiday crowd and hit all those people who really are lonely on Christmas and don't have, you know, a lover to be with. Or going through a breakup. So I can see where, what crowd they're going for because there are people who are going to like this and enjoy it. Or there are going to be people like, aw, I, you know, I just want to comfort him. I'm going to buy this single. That type of thing, you know? But yeah. personally for me, I even if I was single and alone on Christmas, this is not something I would want to listen to. I would just drink myself and just cry. This would not be a happy tune to go out on. <laughs> I So it's an interesting <laughs> choice for re-debut, though. Especially, I understand, yes, it's holiday songs sell. And I'm guilty of going into them. However, I feel like you should try to do the right holiday song and try to hit that certain point. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what his next single will be, and I hope it's something happier. <laughs> or at least something yeah. more positive lyrics, especially this time of year. You know, it's really funny. He goes, <laughs> I really hope this brings you Christmas joy. That's what he wrote on a lot of his side comments when he was talking about this release. And I'm just like, well, I don't know about joy. <laughs> I mean, he's probably trying to make some of those lonely people feel happy, but it didn't yeah. do that for me. But I'm also not lonely, so I can't say anything. I got the cats yeah. and my husband. <laughs> But yeah, this week, My Lonely Xmas sold a wonderful 46,836 points here. And that's not too bad for a re-debut, to be honest. No, that's actually pretty good. So, but let's continue on up to number two. And it is from the good old token Rambudanchi franchise. And it is Toa... Tawazu Gatari and Hono by obviously the token the token Danchi people. And this release had three different releases, so you could pick which member you wanted to see, which pairings you wanted to see. We went with type A. Well, I went with type A. I don't know which typing you went with, Luna, because I sent you guys the entire formation. I went with type A. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so, I, I, I didn't really know how to feel because I'm not the target audience, and I've always been hard on Token Rabu as as a singing thing. So I, you know, I I didn't know what to feel about this. I I I knew it wasn't for me, and just I I guess the the lingering thoughts and depression of my lonely xmas was kind of gearing over to this but i just wasn't in the mood to be honest so i'm in the same boat as you and token token rambu is hit or miss for me i will say the composition was very good it was just yeah. like I, listening to the karaoke version, I actually liked the just the karaoke version with no vocals because it had a very nice composition. I think, and I know I'm not the target audience either, but 
it was a little bit slower for their type of style because usually we do hear more of their upbeat stuff, their upbeat, more tracks, their more high energy, which I'm more used to. This is definitely not a high energy one. It has the slower feel. I think their vocals didn't match with the composition as well as I liked. So I had trouble just getting into it. And, and that goes for both tracks for a whole and Towazu Gatari as well. And it, it, there was just something about it. I couldn't get pulled into the track. And, and I think, and I know I'm not, I think part of it is I'm not the ones they're targeting. And it just, it just didn't do it for me. I just wasn't feeling it. It's not my wheelhouse. You know, it's really funny. You know, I know all three of us aren't the target demographic. However, Gray really liked Token Rambu's latest release before this one, and I wanted to see how he would have liked it, but unfortunately, he's he's not here. So, I, I don't know if we'll be able to talk about this next week, but if we are able to talk about it, then there it is kind of thing yeah i'm i was curious in grace thoughts too because i remember how much he loved their last single and i think it made his like made his honorable mentions and his so the top songs for the year so i was curious how he felt about the single release too yeah but regardless Tari and hono sold a wonderful 47,786 points. And going on up to number one, it is Secret Touch by Snowman. Now, I knew as soon as we saw a Snowman or Stones release, it would make number one. However, I didn't know which version of Snowman we were getting. (laughs) Because as of late, they've been kind of mellowing out and relying more on their vocal range well you know with hello hello and stuff like that however i've been really liking a lot of what snowman has been doing lately because they've been striving away so much from the pop and lock stuff and i'm very very happy that they are doing that secret touch if you just listen to the tracks, it's it's an amazing song. However, they can't shy away from their roots all oh, so much because if you watch the music video, they are just breakdancing at several parts, and it's really freaking hilarious if you watched it. <laughs> so I have the same thoughts as you. I love Secret Touch. I think it is a probably one of my favorite songs by Snowman thus far. Their vocals are fantastic. I like the pace they're going. And because with their pop and lock stuff, it just wasn't doing it for me. But when you hear their vocals shine like in Secret Touch, it's phenomenal. And yes, I watched the music video and it cracked me up because the dance moves don't quite fit the track. And it doesn't. It doesn't. It's like they wanted to make it the, the song more upbeat more than it was (laughs) yes and they're trying to get you know get everyone excited for their dancing they are great dancers i'm not going to deny that but i love it when they do vocal heavy tracks because it shows off that they have some mad they have good skills vocal wise and they're not just your typical pop and lock we can do this 
or this is all yeah. we do type of thing. And that's why I love songs like Secret Touch is because it does showcase their talent as a whole. Yeah. But, you know, I, I knew this was going to sell gangbusters, and it did. It sold amazingly well. It sold over 738,116 points here. And let's kind of gloss over to the album side real fast and nothing too out of the ordinary we got Misha's new newest album Hello Love on there at number 7 and then we got the book again at Yao Sobi we got the book 2 at number 2 by Yao Sobi, which is very interesting that both both albums sold. So I'm pretty sure we'll be talking about this near the end of the year as just a hint of what the topic is going to be. We're going to be talking about artists that should honestly take get a rest and take a break. And Yao Sobi is going to be one of those artists. Like I believe between either me, you, or... Or Gray are going to mention Yao Sobe. I know Gray just just does not get Yao Sobe. I don't know why, but he just does not get him. <laughs> yep, and I they've they've done so much this year. I do think it would be good for them to take a break. So that's kind of I more mean, my two thoughts. albums. Yeah, two albums within the year. That's absolutely freaking bonkers. Granted, the first album was everything of their work up until that point. But even so, after the book came out, you know, to have enough songs and to grind out enough songs to make another album within a year is absolutely bonkers. And to that point that you should be taking a rest because otherwise you're just going to sound samey. Yes, no, I do completely agree on that. So I'm looking forward to that topic when we go over it. Yeah, and ironically, we were originally going to talk about that topic for for official Hige, but they haven't released anything. <laughs> so they actually took a break. <laughs> they did, and I believe it really did help them because a lot of the songs they started releasing after they took a break was a nice breath of fresh air. Yeah, yeah. And that's for darn sure. But yeah, you know, it, it doesn't disregard that number one this time around was hkt48's latest album outstanding uh, and you know you can heck off their katakana but <laughs> you know it's it's been a while for a 48's album to be on here so congratulations to them it has but yeah it has and it didn't sell as well as i thought it would to be honest so you can kind of see where that's going but but their albums always don't really sell too well. That's true because I feel like more it's always their sing. Yep, as I say, their singles are are the eyes, so to speak. Yep. But regardless, I want to say thank you for listening to this week's episode of Ungakadu. You can listen to us on all podcast streaming services and find us on all social media platforms such as Twitter and Instagram at Ungakadu can also follow the website where we report about the Japanese music industry. We should have we have a couple of of variety things going up. We had a live report, we had a concert report that we were able to sit down and do. 
the concert report of Kirisame Undertaker's latest latest live concert, which you can go check digitally as well. I believe the the VOD is still up for another week or so. And then also we have an interview with Stereo Die Foundation that should be going up around the time that this episode goes up, if not within the week after. So be on the eyes of looking out for that, along with the announcement of Utada Hikaru's latest online concert as well. So be on the lookout for that as well. But you can follow all of our affiliates, Koryu Hunter, who is a retro variety streamer and in with the lovely spooky retro age there you can check him out at twitch.tv slash hunter k-y-o-r-y-u-h-u-n-t-e-r you can also check out timber taff who is a variety streamer in and of himself he is also going through mega man legends right now and just i just thought of mega man legends and i just heard the gosh darn town theme and I, I blame Timber for getting that stuck in my head for like almost an hour or two but you can check him out at twitch.tv slash TimberTaft T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T you can also check out you can also check out your sister Luna Rose who is really excited about Final Fantasy 14 hopefully she's okay to stream and stuff but you can check her out at twitch.tv slash rainstarkitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also check out Fangirl Has No Name, who is a variety streamer and her, of herself and an inspiring author, so I'm, I can't wait for her newest book. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash fangirlhasnoname, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also check out the podcast with me, Timber, Kyo and Fangirl called Potosaurus. This past week, we talked about our lovely bumblings of a trying to make a attempt of trying to guess of what was going to happen with the lovely game awards that happened this past week. And you can see how we either got some right or got some wrong. I believe we got some right. I believe I, I, I think I had the right announcements or predictions for new releases but you can check it out by looking up Cory Hunter same as his Twitch handle on all podcast streaming services you can follow me on OT at Twitter at OTYKim1 where I talk about Bang Dream, Inaibo, Roboco, Harobo and other various mindings like that where can we find you Luna? You can find me on several of the social medias such as Twitter my anime list, Anime Planet, Letterboxd at Luna Maria87, and Instagram is Nerdy Collector Luna, where you can see what I'm watching, what I just bought, and photos of my cats. But yeah, I want to say thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Ongaku Ryu. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much and have a great day. Aloha. This is Luna saying thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Hope you enjoyed. We will catch you next time. Ciao, matane!